Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, Spilks, what's going on? What is up? What is going on? Are you trying your nails again? Your claws? Pink? They're like a pink. They're like uh, a mauve. Ah, see, so that's like the thing. I was gonna say mauve, but I feel like mauve is like there's like thirty different mobs, if that makes sense. And like, there's no one. But yeah, like they're like a pink purple. Um, I'm actually getting them done on Tuesday. I've had these done for the last two weeks, I think. I know I go every two weeks. I'm bougie. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I really like them. I got a lot of compliments. They're kind of like purpley, which is great. Um, but I don't know what I'm gonna get. I might just get white or black. Like I'm just feeling pretty basic for the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next one, you'll actually be able to see them in person. In person. So that's like our exciting news. Um, next week, Ash and I will finally get the opportunity to like meet in person. Meet. Yes. Oh, it's gonna be so fun. So yeah. Um, that's really exciting. Um, pack your warm clothes though, because Ohio's cold, but even though it, like it's the same temperature, I think you said this morning right now, like forties, yeah. I feel like it's going to feel like colder. Like we have like right now in Ohio, like the breeze right now where it's like kind of bitter. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, it's, I'm sure you saw that on Instagram. That's, yeah, I did. I, uh, I saw Mark posted like a, a picture on Instagram. I was like, fuck that. He's like, gotta add snow angels to uh, the morning routine. And I was like, I'll make you and Jocelyn a sand angel yeah no jesus christ or like i haven't like i don't know if you've ever seen this oh you have to have but like fitness people or just regular people will be like snowboarding or running around in the snow and like their fucking bikinis outside and i'm just like why there's no way you. i never got that either are like is it like a are you trying to show that you're cool that you're tough like i I never understood the point of that either because it's like honestly i look at that and i'm like you're fucking stupid go put a parka on you like hoe bag like what are you doing <laughs> hoe bag yeah i don't know i don't get it but like people do shit or they'll like, go out maybe they just think it's like funny and they'll like go outside and do like a snow angel and they're like bikini but i can't even like i can't think of like i would cry. yeah just sob uncontrollably you couldn't, you couldn't even pay me 300 dollars to do that i'm not even fucking kidding like i would not go outside for that fucking money not for 300 not you thousand i consider mm-hmm. i consider for a thousand I consider, but it probably would still be a no, um, because the rest of my day would be fucking ruined. I'll tell you that right now. I Bro, would for a thousand dollars though, you'd really like a thousand dollars. Like I give you one grand that you could do whatever you wanted. That entire day would still be ruined for you. Yeah. Damn. Because I'm like coerced by money. It wasn't my own decision. Not gonna lie, for a thousand dollars, I would do like the the. I mean, I, I don't I don't snowboard or ice skate or do anything like that. But I would like wear a bikini out in a blizzard, and then I would use that one thousand dollars to buy a sauna. Oh, okay, you're like, but but you have to wait to buy the sauna. So it's not like you can come back in and use your fucking sauna. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like fuck it, I have one from here on yeah, out for real. I'll just get it eventually. Um. But What's yeah, no, we're excited to because we're going to Ohio to uh, see my stepdad because it's his surprise 60th birthday on Saturday. And so then I'm going to drive up. Eric and I are going to drive up to Cleveland on Friday to see you and be there for a few hours because um, it's going to be a lot of driving because we're driving up there on Thursday. So 
I don't know what time you want us to get there. If you have a time that works best for you, but I get up at five fifty-five in the morning every day. So anytime after that. Okay, I'm trying yeah. to think. Like it might be better to like maybe leave, like not super early in the morning because I want to get my walk in, but like like early in the morning, maybe we can hang out like early afternoon ish and then be back in Dayton for the evening because again it's gonna be like so many so it's gonna be like a day's worth of driving in like a few days time it's nuts do you and you always drive to Ohio you don't usually fly right we only fly if it's like really really a short trip or if it's just one of us um because it's just a little bit easier yeah um but yeah because last time I was up there I we I flew but it was just me are you staying for like a, a couple of days up here? Or are you just going to go back? It's very, very brief. So we drive up on Thursday. We drive up and see you Friday. Surprise party is Saturday. And then we drive home Sunday. So oh my it's God. Like, I know we're, like, we're fucking psychos. Dude, that's crazy. Is it actually like a surprise party? Or does he like kind of know about it? Oh, it's, no, no, it's oh, okay. my mom is for those of you who don't know. My mom is like severely handicapped. So she like can like speak and text and stuff like that but everything else this has to be done for her she has worked so fucking hard to get this coordinated and orchestrated like she's worked with all these people to make it a surprise party for her husband and like i am just so proud of her because like this is not something that she's ever done before and the fact that she can only like just use her hands and her voice like she has pulled this off and like, I am just so proud of her because I know she's proud of herself. Oh my God. That's like so exciting. Is it going to be like at their house or is it at like a hall or like, it's at like a little church? So my stepdad's a boy scout leader. So like the place where they have their boy scout yeah. meetings, the church, like let my mom have it like on a baller budget. They were oh. like so kind and accommodating. So like we're Eric and I are going to go pick up the Chick-fil-A for the catering. <laughs> I know we freaking love Chick-fil-A in my family. So we're going to do Chick-fil-A for the catering. They have like the cake and stuff. It's just, it's going to be a total surprise. And I am just so proud of her. I wonder how many sauces they give you for catering. I'm just curious. Dude, I don't know. I want to swing by McDonald's because I heard they have two new sauces. I want to like get like oh, yeah. those nuggies. They do. I'm like a hot mustard sauce fan through and through. I won't eat any other sauce. Yeah. Besides hot mustard. Dude, it's the tits. Um, but yeah, I was actually getting a Diet Coke the other day and I saw that they have two. Yes. I can't remember what they were though. But one's like a purple package. And I was like, ooh, I just want that because it's purple. Ooh, grimace. <laughs> Super exciting. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy for your family. Like, that's going to be awesome. Like, oh, I love surprise. I've never had a surprise party thrown for me. Um, because I'm too much of a control freak. But um, have you ever had a surprise party for you? Like even when you were a kid? I don't think so. I don't know, but that like I don't know. It's fun. I think yeah. I like heard this one story. I can't remember if like my friend was telling me, but like I think it was. And she was saying that like her dad threw a reverse surprise party because he found out that his like whatever her mom was like planning one. So he invited all his friends over for dinner and was like Oh, like stood up to do a toast and was like, oh, hey, everyone. Like, I just want to say thank you for coming, by the way. Like, the reason we're all here today is to celebrate my birthday. And he's like, the look on everyone's face was like, what the fuck? He's like, but don't worry. Like, I wrapped up a whole bunch of gifts and you guys can go over there and pick and choose which one you want to give me. And it was like a total fucking like. I'm like, that's fucking legendary, dude. 
Like the fact that there, he's like, nope, you're not going to throw me one. I'm going to throw my own and I'm going to fucking show you all. It was like the fact that he went out and bought his own presents and wrapped them and was like, you can pick whatever one you want and give it to me. And it's from you. You know who I feel like would do that? Like in our industry? Mm-hmm. I feel like Jeffrey Sue would do that. Oh my God. That is so funny. Oh my God. I was watching his story the other day and like, I mean, I've seen, I've been following him for like maybe two years now, but oh my God, his diet face is insane. Isn't it though? Oh my God. And another one too, that I thought was pretty insane this year um, is Ross. Um, Dude. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's in the Olympia obviously, but mm-hmm. like I saw him yesterday or the day before, like on one picture. Oh, his check-in photo where he had like his number and he was holding up like the fucking shocker symbol. I was yep. like, oh, okay, dude. Um, but I was like, oh my God, dude, like your face is, is bones. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I like diet faces. That's my favorite change for anybody. Like oh, yeah. when, even if you're just like not even prepping for a show, but like doing a fat loss phase, like the first thing I always look at is like people's face and like the way that it changes. Cause I think that shows a lot of, of progress in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It definitely like, does. It definitely does. That's actually a really good segue too. Um, our topic today, which is your idea, which I absolutely love, but things you shouldn't do post-show. So after you've done like all the dieting and the, the, the prep and the show day, even these are like the top, like we'll say 10 things. Cause I'm sure we'll pull more out of our ass. Um, when we get this like rolling, but 10 things you shouldn't do post-show. And this is actually something that I did not do specifically because I came from a disordered eating background in terms of binge eating where I didn't like hoard food, but it's still, you eat like 10,000 plus calories in a typical binge. And like, you know what that feels like. What I did not do is I never packed cookies, treats. I didn't hoard shit in my freezer. Like we barely even went out to eat. Cause the first time my first show, like I literally brought my griddle. Cause all I wanted um, after my show was a tofu scramble because we were vegan at the time. So I literally like had a cooler of like, you know, tofu veggies and stuff like that. I literally had like a tofu scramble with Ezekiel bread. And then my second show, we went out to like a noodle place and I fucking got those miracle shiitake noodles as a part of, yeah. So I was pretty still disordered. I was still disordered because I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to get fat post show. But like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have treats. We didn't like go out and do brunch or nothing. Like I literally like, had meals that I didn't track, but that was it. I didn't do brunch the next day. I just got back on plan. Cause like, that's just what I thought you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number one is like, obviously you do not want to pack like a full bag of like cookies and treats um, right after getting off stage. That was a mistake that I did. I brought like a whole dozen of donuts. I had like in my suitcase, along with everything that I've packed for, you know, show day that that was essential. I had like candy and brownies and um, I don't even know what else I had in there. I had so much fucking shit in there. Mm-hmm. Like I think my show was around April. So I had like a lot of like Easter stuff too. Right. Oh, um, nice chocolate bunnies and shit like that so like I got off stage and I literally ran to eat like my donuts and I had like I said a dozen so I had like and they weren't just like Krispy Kreme glazed donuts like they were specialty donuts like there was like Oreos and like all of these things and then I ordered through a cookie company and I got like six cookies from them people brought me a bunch of food yeah it was terrible you like kind of lost it you like went bonkers Yeah. And that's like, and like prior to that, like I never really had like any food focus until I got into prep. Right. So, which, you know, we talked all about that in our last week's uh, or two weeks ago episode um, with Rania, but anyways. um, So yeah, 
not packing a whole bunch of snacks. I learn from my mistakes as well as like being a coach too, that like in your prep protocols, when you prep with me, the first thing you eat when you get off stage or the first thing you do is you drink your water and you eat a piece of fruit, whatever fruit it is. I want you to have fruit. And then if we have like a meal, um, you know, eat your protein or whatever was in that meal, like the same meals that you were supposed to eat all day. Like say I had you pack five meals. If we only ate three based on your fullness, like you're going to eat one of those before Mm -hmm. you leave the venue, before you go talk to the judges. Like I want you eating whole foods and drinking water, not shoving. I mean, and you know, shoving all of these things down there. And I also make it very clear that you can pack one treat with you to the fucking show. Um, does that always happen? No, but um, yeah, staying away from, you know, it, I mean, it, set, it sets you up for failure essentially is, is what it does. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Honestly, the thing that I would want the most is one water or like a Gatorade, like mm-hmm. something to replenish, like water electrolytes. And you know, what sounds really good. Like frozen grapes or like watermelon, like something fresh, because like you've been eating like the same meals, mo- most likely the past month, but maybe even the past, like several months, depending upon like how you do your, your food for prep. And I couldn't imagine something more rewarding than like just fresh fruit. That's like not, you know, berry. So you can shit, you know what I'm saying? Like watermelon or something like that. Yeah. Like my second season, like I obviously learned, like I said, learn from my mistake. I always had water and I always like these carbonated waters. So that was like, right when I got off stage, I had carbonated waters because we would pull that two weeks out. We would, for me personally, we would also pull dairy like two to three weeks out because we saw like the way that I responded to it. So I would always have this giant carbonated water and a yogurt right when I got off stage. That was my jam. Oh, all I wanted was like fucking yogurt yogurt. Cause I missed mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, just don't pack a bunch of shit. That's not going to help you. It's not going to benefit you at all. Um, number two on our list is eating until extreme fullness or becoming sick post-show extremely common, mm-hmm. extremely, extremely common. Uh, it's kind of one of those things, um, where it's like, um, what is that phrase? It's like your eyes are more hungry than your stomach is what oh, it is. Oh yeah. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. And that, I mean, granted you just diet, you are hungry, but like hunger, you know, hormones and cues and signaling is completely off. It's completely jaded. So you will consume so much food, um, to the point where like, you may not feel well, you can become sick. You can feel drunk. It's like, there's like a lot of sugar in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in when you do that post-show, like your body is in a survival state. So it is going to just hold on to as much fat as possible. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Like going back to like my binge eating days, like eating to the point where you were like physically sick, like it's just not it. It's not the move. Right. And so there are things that you want to do, especially in your reverse to try to help yourself out. And you should practice a little bit of grace with that, because especially if you're a first time competitor, reversing is going to be probably the most difficult thing that you do of all your contest prep. But even as a seasoned competitor, like you are going to eat a meal and then your body's going to be like feeling like you haven't eaten in days, right? That's just like part of reversing when you still have your hormones that are all like out of whack um, post contest prep. And so it is important to, focus on foods that will increase your satiety, not necessarily just keeping you full, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, doing those protein fluffs or like cauliflower rice oats or zucchini oats or whatever, like 
you're not going to trick your body into feeling full. You are just going to feel bloated. Right. And so that's why like, I like to program foods that do have like higher saturated fats. So we're thinking like, you know, red meat or eggs or like animal fats, because that actually will help with, you know, your cholesterol levels, keeping you fuller for a little bit longer and keeping you also satisfied. Right. So as much as we love our nut butters, I'm sorry, our nut butters are not going to hit the same versus like animal fats from animal proteins and stuff like that. So focus on feeling satisfied and then stepping away, right? Mm -hmm. Like eat your meal, sip on the water, you know, then go do something else. Because if you sit there and just like want to root through your cupboards or your refrigerator, like chances are you're probably going to lose to those cravings because that's how hungry you'll be. So like go do something else, go on a walk, go read a book, like preoccupy your mind. So that way you're not like so food focused. Um, Something that I did, obviously like we like to chew gum, but sometimes we chew too much gum in prep or even reverse dieting. What I actually, I did is I brushed my teeth after eating. So therefore I would, yeah, you'd have that mint mouth flavor. So that kind of signals to your body that, Hey, I'm done eating and it helps a little bit, but you're also not one, not adding unnecessarily like artificial sugars and even calories to your, to your foods. But you do kind of signal to your body that, Hey, it's mint no more. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, that's funny you bring up the gum thing because I don't chew gum anymore because of that reason. I like abused it during my last prep and I haven't chewed gum in like two years now because of it. And I've also, the older I get, the lazier I become. And it's like the act of actually having to chew it in my mouth. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put energy into that. I'm like, I'm so fucking lazy. Um, But number three on our list, um, this actually, I got this from watching someone's story a couple weeks ago, um, but like not stacking up on snacks and treats in the house. She was talking about how she had like some, went, went into grocery shopping. She was like in the middle of her reverse, maybe like even five weeks out. Um, but she had like cookies and things like that in the house. And she ended up having to get rid of them because the temptation was like getting really, really difficult for her. Same thing. Like Ash kind of said, like, you know, you need to get out, you need to walk, you need to not sit there. You need to like distract your mind. Um, but having all of these snacks and treats in your house, especially post-show when we're still trying to, you know, level out those hunger hormones, um, figure out gaining body fat in a healthy way, um, a healthy amount should say, um, you know, you can lose to those cravings. And if it's something sitting right in front of you and it's something that you've deprived yourself of, you know, a really long time, it's kind of like, oh, you know, what's one or what's two, you know, it's two little cookies. It'll be fine. But then you realize you have a whole pack and every day you keep going back and doing the same thing over and over and over again. So it's like, again, it's kind of setting yourself up for failure when you bring all of these things into your house. Now it's not saying you can't ever have them, or it's not saying like, oh my God, you're disordered because you're not allowed to have these foods because you will like abuse them. It's it's specifically talking about post-show is what we're, yeah. we're reading this to, right? Um, and I want to like remind you guys that that is post-show when everything is sent like um heightened and sensitive and your emotions are are pretty wonky at the same time too. So, you know, obviously you should not stack up on treats and stuff in your house. I did this. I fucking remember doing this after my first show. And I had like, like Ash, like I told her, like I brought all this candy and stuff. And like, I just remembered now that I had Girl Scout cookies saved in my cupboard for this moment. And I had like boxes of them. And I just remember like having to throw all of this food out, like, because it was the same thing. I just had to remove things that were too tempting for me. Mm -hmm. But I, during my whole prep, like 
I would go to the store and like stock up and buy these things. And I was like, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to smash that. So like I had like a plan in place to like do all of that. And I was like, okay, like this is not helping me. It's harming me. So it needs to go, you know, kind of like everything that we've ever talked about. If it doesn't benefit you or help you, like you have to remove it at some point and then, you know, maybe bring it back in if, if the timing is right. Mm-hmm. And I'll go out of limb, even contest prep reverse dieting phase. Like I think if you have a hoarder mentality, that's something you should work through, right? Because that comes from like a scarcity mindset, which could be stemming from like some type of childhood thing or the feeling of restriction when it comes to like your relationship with food and stuff like that. So even if it's like off season and you're like really abusing like your free meals, especially that's something that you got to get in check now because it will be exacerbated come contest prep, come reversing. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. Yeah, like if it's one of those all or nothing mindsets, mm-hmm. um, you definitely have to to work on that now. And that's the beauty of having an off season to, um, to work through these issues because prep really does exacerbate a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Number four is go on vacation right away. So I don't recommend it. I don't think it's a good idea unless you are a very, there's always, there's always like an outlier unless you're a very seasoned athlete, unless you are in a very good mental spot, but going on vacations right away after I've seen it all the time, people will get in that mindset again of like the all or nothing. And they're like, yep, I planned an all-inclusive vacation for two weeks post-show. Um, it'll be fine. Like they want to go on vacation. They want to go on the beach because they look really shredded. They feel really great, but little do they know that you know, there's going to be all this food around, you're going to get lazy, so to speak, like you want to enjoy that vacation. And I think like when you're right out of prep, it gets so difficult because not only are you trying to, you know, keep your eating in check, but as well as like maintain the schedule of like post-show, like you still have cardio to do, like you still have to work out, like your schedule is still pretty dictated. It doesn't just stop the day after the show. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that people do not go on vacation um, immediately post-show. Wait till you're, you know, in a better spot mentally, physically, emotionally, in order for you to be able to enjoy your vacation too. Because there's been times like even when, um, I can't remember if I was, I think I was in, no, I don't know if I was in prep. No, it was, I was reversing. I was actually, So I started my reverse in October and it was December when I went on vacation. So it was already nine or 10 weeks after. Yeah. So like I was pretty well reversed, but I was still in my mind, like very, I couldn't let go and I couldn't enjoy it because I was just starting to be in that phase of like, Hey, we reverse, we gained weight and I didn't want to gain any more. Um, so for me, even being like eight to nine weeks, like I kind of had uh, a little bit of like, I couldn't enjoy myself as much because mm-hmm. I was so hyper-focused on still sticking to the plan. Like I remember like getting up super early and just being like working out, getting all my cardio in. Like I went to Disney. And so like I was up early because we wanted to go to the parks and everything too. So like, I just wasn't able to enjoy my vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really hard. Cause I know some people like want to do the vacation, because they're lean, right? And they're like, oh, I like my photos better. But here's the deal. You're going to look back and you're most likely going to not like the photos because you're going to remember how fucked up you were mentally because like you just, you weren't feeling good, right? Like, cause you're not feeling good the tail end of prep, tail end of reversing, right? You have so many negative adaptations. Your mind's still fuzzy, you know, clothes still don't feel, fit right. So I get it from a stance of like, oh, I want to enjoy my vacation while I look good. Well, if you want to look good, do a photo shoot instead. 
right? Do a photo shoot mm-hmm. where you can like, admire your hard work. Cause I think that's a great gift to yourself post-contest prep to reward your hard work, but don't go on vacation because you're not going to be there mentally. You're going to be so food focused, so body image focused. The people you're on vacation with are probably going to want to fucking like, just like leave you at home or leave you at the airport because yeah. of the attitude. So just wait, wait until you have some body fat back on, buy some clothes that fit you and actually enjoy the vacation so you can be present. Um, yes. Go ahead. No, I was just say I agree. Yeah. So you can be present. That was a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number five, planning a bunch of nights to go out with friends. So it's not that you can't go out, right? It's not that you have to be a recluse in contest prep when you're reverse dieting. We're not talking about like being a, a hermit, but it's the idea of starting to unravel these habits that you created in contest prep and completely derailing and going off and binge drinking and partying and being a woo girl, right? It's like going from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. So you want to make sure that the actions that you're taking are aligning with what you want long-term, even if you decide you no longer want to be a bodybuilder, right? But still, you still need to prioritize doing things properly, reverse dieting and getting your mind, your body, your health, your hormones back into a good optimal place. Yes. And I think this can kind of tie into like how we, we talked about before of like figuring out things, um, during the off season, because like, if you are still focused on going out and drinking and things like that, like, again, it's only going to get worse. Like you just gave it up temporarily. Like you didn't actually, you know, go to the root cause of that, but not saying, like you said, you can't go out, right. You can't have fun with your friends, but a lot of people, and you will feel the pressure because a lot of people do not understand. They are very black and white. Oh, prep's over. Let's go out. Like, you know, they don't understand the reversing. They don't know. And like, this is also a really good point for like you as an athlete to continue to educate people on, you know, health and reversing and like, maybe putting into their head like, oh, this is why yo-yo dieting doesn't work or your keto diet didn't go as planned because you just jumped right back to where you were before. Right. Um, so, you know, I definitely think like, it's not the fact that you can't go out, but people will start to pressure you and be like, Hey, like, let's go out. You're done. Right. Can't we just eat? Can we go out to lunch? We missed that. Can't we get drinks? Um, so you will start to feel a lot of pressure. So it's good to just kind of not have anything set in stone. Um, and just kind of go with like how you feel that day. Like if you want to get together with your friends and like, also too, there's like so many other things you can do. You can be like, Hey, like, I'd love to get together. Is there any way we can get like coffee though and go for a walk? Or can we go to the bookstore and look at books? Or can we, you know, maybe go to the movies and just, you get a diet Coke or whatever it is, you know, and just kind of hang out that way rather than actually like going to a dinner place or going out and getting drinks or, you know, doing some type of like wine tour or festival or something like that. Um, So there are alternatives. I would just say as far as like planning, don't get so detailed in it and just kind of take it day by day. Yeah, like or other ideas too that like are sometimes lost on us because we're adults and grumpy going to like a fun park or like Dave and Buster's or something like that, where it's like, you know, you have like different options, like go race go-karts or some shit like that, you know, like we always kind of like go to the coffee dates because, you know, we like coffee and walking around, but like there are other things that you can do to be an adult. Like Eric and I walked around the fucking um, county fair that we had. And like mm-hmm. he got his um like hot fudge sundae and a fucking turkey leg and I got a Diet Coke, right? And so even though I'm not even in prep, I'm just in a dieting phase, like we went out and were carnies for the day, you know? And like, it was no missed out opportunity. You know, we were able to love on one another as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And like, we moved on with it. So like, be creative with how like you express your friendships and loved in love with like your loved ones and stuff like that. Like 
It can be a coffee date, but it could also just be like fucking around Walmart. You know what I'm saying? That's like my top thing. I love going to fucking Walmart. That's where me and Alex like always fucking same. hang out. Weird. But three underrated things. I will say two of them are kind of the same um, that we like to do. One, go to the zoo. I don't know if you guys have a zoo by you, but that's we a really have an fun. aquarium. So it's not okay. the same. But still, it's cool. Like I love animals. Um, Two, Alex and I like to putt-putt a lot. I'm very competitive and I will fucking kick your ball back to where it started if you're beating me and I don't care and I act like I didn't do it because I'm a sore loser when it comes to putt-putting. And then I like petting zoos, dude. Like we have one here that's it's like 40 minutes from my house, but it's like um an alpaca farm. You can't ride them, I asked, but you can definitely pet them and feed them and stuff, and it's really fun. I love <laughs> but that. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do it'd that. Be, it'd be exciting. So um before we get too down the, the rabbit hole of farm animals, um, number six on our list. Ooh. High stress changes in your life. This is not something I would recommend doing post-show. It's something I did after my first one (laughs) and it was terrible. Um, So what do I mean by high stress changes in your life or what do we mean? Um, Like buying a house, moving, buying a new car, a career change. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that like our body is in such a sensitive state and we already went through such high stress physically and mentally during prep. So our bodies are beaten down. Our hormones are not regulated. Our cortisol is through the fucking roof. And when you put these situations, even though people are like, oh no, buying a house is fun. Okay. It may be, but it is one of the most stressful things I ever had to do in my entire fucking life. Um, and it's time consuming and it's a lot of money to fork over and all of those things, but, um, it is another big adjustment. And again, it's change and it's a rapid change, especially if you're starting a new career or, you know, if you are moving, like people do it, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it is also too throwing gasoline on a fire in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, something I want to kind of like add to that is just like, Give yourself some time, right? It's like, one, like we talked about like all-inclusive vacations, buying a house, shit like that. How the fuck do you have the money? You just spent like at least two grand on your fucking contest prep and you want to go to like Tulum or you want to buy a house? Like, God damn, y'all must be rolling in it. But it's also important to recognize the fact that you might be extra tempted to make these life changes. Yeah. You've been checking your boxes for so long And now that the thing is done, show day is done, contest prep is done, you are going to feel such a void of Mm -hmm. needing to do something to hit those dopamine markers because yeah, you've been on stress high alert, but also like on the flip side, you also might be so like cortisol so low because it's been so high for so long that your adrenals are like, yo, I'm done. I'm tired. So now you are soul searching for meaning. So now you want to make all these high stress changes to give you a little bit of zing, resist the urge, right? Resist the urge to buy a house, to buy a car, to move, change careers. Like now is the time to just go on like bare bones maintenance, keep Mm -hmm. your body with as little of to preoccupy as you possibly can. So that way you can focus on getting your health back, getting your mind straight. So that way you can make good logical decisions. Cause like we've seen so many people buy cars, like get a divorce, like whatever, because like their mind is just so fucked up, whether it's the drugs or contest prep, where it's just like, yo, just take a chill pill. Yeah, no, I'm just like laughing because that was me three weeks post-show um, ended my engagement my wedding was 12 weeks away, less than 12 at that time, um, moved from Florida back to Ohio um, and quit my job that I had as a nurse down there and became an emergency nurse, which was something new that I didn't do. So I did all of that within 
three weeks of my fucking show. And let me tell you guys, it was the most depressive time in my entire life. I gained 40 pounds in four weeks. Yeah. I mean, I was also like binging too, which was like help trying to help me fill that void because I was making all of these changes in my life where I was like, yep, we're done with you. But like, I, like you said, I was searching for that dopamine high. I'm like, nothing is making me feel good. Like I need to have like that chaos, that exhilaration. So what's going to do that? Oh, let me self-sabotage my whole entire life is essentially what I did. Right. Um, so yeah, like Ash said, like you are very sensitive, like you are looking for these things. So like the less is better in this, in this, um, aspect, which is everything that you did not train your mind to do during prep. Right. It's always like more cardio, you know, cut food more, do this, you know, do that. And then when it comes to post-show, it's like, nope, let's do less. Let's not do all of these things. Um, so it's, it's definitely, you know, to try and limit those high stress life changes, obviously sometimes like things just line up the way that they do and they have to happen during that time. But like, if there's things that you can hold off on, please do, yeah, please. All right. Number seven on our list. Um, this is going to be the next three of these actually kind of all align together, but this is probably going to be these three, I think are the most important on the list. In my personal opinion, I don't know if you agree with me, Ash, but I do think these are, um, so number seven on here is, um, not checking in the day after the show with your coach or not knowing what the plan is. So whether your show is like on Saturday or on Friday, your coach may say, Hey, check in on Sunday with me, um, mm-hmm. and go from there or check in on Monday. Um, but like that day after not having a plan and not knowing is literally going to be detrimental to your progress. Is it like, Oh, Hey, like the day after, like, am I supposed to be back on my meal plan? Am I supposed, how much water am I supposed to be drinking? Like there is always going to be a plan or there at least should be a plan from your coach. Um, <laughs> huge indicator of a red flag if there's not, but yep. besides, that, um, but yet you just taking the, the day off to not do it because maybe you did overeat or maybe you didn't follow what your coach had planned post-show for you or what you thought was going to happen. Right it is still extremely important important and crucial to your progress moving forward and having a, a successful reverse to check in with your coach and to know the plan and to not just like willy nilly on it the day after the show and be like, well, it, no, my coach didn't say anything to me. So, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. So just check in, touch base. Like they should be asking you to check in anyway. And if they don't, honestly just check in with them anyway because like it is important for your health your your mental well-being like everything to check in with your coach and to have a game plan forward which goes into number eight don't ghost your coach like if you work with a coach for your contest prep their package their deal whatever i would hope would include a month or two of reversing right because like that is just so so imperative for your health your, your off season, if you are wanting to stay in bodybuilding, or at least for you as a person, if you decided that bodybuilding, a contest prep was just like a bucket list thing, right? Continue to stay with your coach. Do not ghost them because post-show blues are very much a real thing. It is so easy to get depressed and to go off the deep end, but like do yourself a favor, do not ghost them. Like even if you are having a hard time and you are fucking up and you are like just completely spiraling, still having someone that checks in on you that does care about you can just be just, it's just like a hug, right? It's just like, even mm-hmm. though you're having a hard time, it's like, Hey, I get it. I've been there. Right. Like, it's okay. Here's what we can do instead. Here's how we can help you not be so food focused or give you other things to focus your time and attention on. But if you don't have that support, bruh, come on. 
And yeah. And like, you're the one choosing to not have that support, right? Like you're the one that ghosted. You're the one that got up and was like, fuck this. Like two things I will say one, um, it, you will be burnt out. And that's probably sometimes why you don't want to do it. There are plenty of times where it's like, oh man, like push, like, I don't want to check in. Like Ash said, like I'm embarrassed or like, I'm just fucking tired of doing this. I just did this for 40 fucking weeks. Like I'm exhausted. And, you know, prior to that, like, you know, Ash has been in her off season for 17 fucking years. So she's been checking in for, you know, once a week for that long. So it's like, yeah, you can get a little bit burnt out. Right. So we get it. The second thing I want to really, really harp on here is I see this often and it's, it's a huge misconception, but like, we are not here to judge you no. as your coach. Like, and I feel like a po- a lot of people get embarrassment because of whatever happens post-show. Like whether you're someone who's like, oh man, I went and binged or whether you're someone who's like, I didn't eat for two days because I'm really upset and I can't, and I'm like scared of gaining weight, right? Like whatever the the thing is that that is going on in through your head, like we are not here to judge. We are here to help you. And whether like we can personally do it or find the resources to bring in on, on, on our end to help you, that is our job, right? Like we want you healthy. We want you happy. We want to get you back to, to what feels right. And we can't do that in, if you don't talk to us, if you ghost us, right? So I just want to make that very clear that your coach is there and should not judge you for anything that you do do. And that's why like, you know, some people I feel like don't want to check in with their coach or they ghost because it just is really mentally hard, but Hey, like, and you know, and it, it's that letdown, like, Oh, I don't want to let my coach down or, you know, they're my coach can do it all. My coach has never had any problems or they've never dealt like with this. Like, that's not true. Talk to us. We're here. So don't ghost us. Like, we're not going to judge. We're not going to yell at you. We're not going to tell you like, Oh, that you, you fucked up or you did this. Like, no, like we're going to be like, okay, awesome. Sweet. What can we do next? Like what's, well, what- that's not true because some coaches do some coaches do judge their athletes and punish them and are like, Oh, you fat fuck. You fucked up again. Here's even less food. Here's even more cardio. Mm-hmm. Some coaches do, which is why the athletes will ghost them or they will lie. Right. So that's the thing that I've noticed when you work with a good coach, a good coach, they're not going to punish you. They will be empathetic and they will alter how you do things. And that's where it's like a different discussion. Sorry to interrupt, but I know there are people, there are coaches out there that will be like, Hey, you're that piece of shit. You're gaining too much weight. And it's like, that's not how we should coach in my opinion. And I know you agree with me there. And I think like maybe, yeah, no, I do agree with you. And I think like, maybe like that was something that actually I deal like dealt with. I still have the voice memo with my first coach telling me that like I fucked up and, and whatever he said to me. But, um, I think that I have just not surrounded myself with any of those coaches in so long that I'm just like, I don't believe it's happening anymore. Right. It is. It is. But when I say coaches, um, we're not here to judge. I mean, the good ones like yep. we, me and Ash and, and the coaches that we've brought on to our podcast and the ones that we continue to talk about, like they do not do these things. Right. And if your coach is doing something like that, I can understand why you want to ghost. Um, but if that is the case and you do want to ghost that coach, make sure you have a second coach lined up or someone yeah. else to help with. Don't just do it on your own. Just be like, wow, this coach was terrible. I'm done it's okay to leave. I mean, essentially you should never go. So you should just always send a message saying, Hey, you know, this is not working out, but make sure you do have like a backup plan and you're ready to, to really be with someone who, who takes you and your health into consideration. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And that kind of brings us to number nine, which is like not being honest with your coach. Um, just be honest, right? Like make sure that you are just being honest about your weight, about your mental state, 
Are you skipping things? Are you eating things off plan? Because like, if we don't know the truth, we cannot help you, right? Like when you lie to us, you are making the coaching decisions, the coaching calls for us. And at that point, it's like, all we can do is wait until like you are either being honest with us or are being inherent before we can alter what we are trying to do. But honesty is the best policy. And I know that also goes along with like making sure you choose the right coach where they have that open door policy, because some coaches you're honest with them. Again, they, they do punish you. They do like put it back on you be like, Oh, you're a piece of shit name calling, whatever. But like, a good coach will not do that. There's like, Hey, listen, thanks for your honesty. Here's how we can address this problem. Right. Cause as coaches, that is part of our job is finding your problem, giving you a solution, but we cannot give you a solution if we do not know the problem. Right. And like the, the other thing I want to say too, about like being honest though, too, is like, you can go down a really big, not like rabbit hole, but you can be definitely you and your coach or if you're not being honest, can steer in the wrong direction um, with health, so to speak. Um, I'll just use myself as an example. When I got started getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's and my thyroid being really off, it was like, hey, are you like overeating? Like what's going on? Like, why are you gaining all this weight? Like all of the sudden, like, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I promise. So then we went down like the health realm. Like, okay, like if you're doing everything you're saying you're doing, then there's something else going on, then there is a health issue. But if you're like, no, like I'm doing everything fine when you're really blowing 4,000 calories out of the water every weekend, mm-hmm. we're over here thinking like, okay, you are doing everything right. Then like there may be another issue and we have to keep digging. We have to like do all of these other things that may not necessarily be, you know, appropriate for you if it's just like, hey, we're overeating kind of thing. So that's like another good reason to really focus on like being honest because like, you know, we're here to help. And if it's like something that does become like, you know, more down like the health and medical realm, like that's what we're going to jump to. Like, hmm, okay. Like if we're following everything to the plan that we have in place, like, ah, there's gotta be an underlying issue of something going on. And that's something that I like to think about too. It's like, Hey, like, if you don't tell me or give me all the pieces to the puzzle, like then, you know, I'm going to think one way when reality, like that's not really what's happening. Yeah. I actually want to give a perfect example, even though we're not reversing, she just signed with me. Um, but we're like finding her maintenance calories. I'm just, I'm learning how her body works and I'm literally learning how we can be a good coach and athlete together. That's a part of this, like first one or two, sometimes even three months of working with a new athlete. She's never used creatine before. So she gained like six pounds in a week and she was like kind of nervous about it, but at the same time, okay, so we added in creatine, which for those of you that don't know the water steroid, it does make you fuller. So you're going to have that initial, like sometimes two two to four pounds of initial water weight. And then also she was having a little bit of constipation issues and a little bit of bloating issues just by like some of the foods that we had her on. Cause again, I'm still learning her body. So the only reason why I was able to like learn this information is because she told me, Hey, I'm not deviating from the plan. So then I knew that, okay, the water weight is creatine. She's communicating with me that she's having bloating and digestive issues. Okay. So we have extra food in her digestive tract, i.e. weight. We have extra water retention from both bloating and creatine. And then also keeping in mind where she's at in her menstrual cycle and how that affects water retention. So it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep the creatine in and we're going to fix your digestion first. So maybe that's altering food sources. Maybe that's pulling down fiber. Maybe that's increasing water to help things move along, right? But because she was honest with me about her weight gain, I am now able to make the proper coaching calls to address like any digestive upsets. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, like that's, that's a really good example of like being honest with your coach and like, you know, just even if it's, you know, like, oh, hey, I didn't deviate or I did, right? Like, it's like, okay, now we as a coach, we can pinpoint what we need to do next in order to, you know, become better each and every week, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really good example. God, I like, I, that's probably the biggest jump I've seen with like creatine, but also too, she was like a little constipated, but still, that's great. Yeah, I just, she probably looks so full. I love it. Okay. Yeah, she definitely does. Um, I want to add one that I just thought of, and it kind of does go in line with like what you already said, but I do want to add it in because I think it's kind of funny and it's a total dig at me. Number 10, things you shouldn't do post-show. Get your fucking tits done because uh, I got um, my tits done three days post-show and you best believe I am thankful to God, the universe, the stars, that I did not die on that operating table. Uh, yeah, no, like that's, no, that was really stupid of you. So stupid, so stupid. <laughs> like any better, but still. I yeah, went so, in, any just, oh, I went in, because again, I didn't want to do the whole cookies binging thing. So I was like, oh, what can I reward myself? And honestly, like I was kind of embarrassed with my physique anyway, because like, I shouldn't have done a second show and I was looking like really sickly and skeletal. And I was like, I probably like, I didn't want to photo shoot. Right. Cause like I was proud of the hard work that I did, but I didn't want to keep the photos of myself because I looked sick and gross. And so I was like, Oh, I've always wanted my tits done. And I got my, my first big girl job. I had saved up all the money. I had all the money that I, you know, paid for it. And I was like, Oh, I've always wanted this done. I'm doing this for myself. So it was meant to be a place of empowerment. And to some extent it still was wrong time, wrong time to apply it. Yep. Not the best. Um, I'm sure like Jesus Christ, I can't even, and your recovery is probably long and exhausting. Um, but yeah, so do not get your tits done post-show wait till you're healthy, wait till your hormones are back in a regular spot. That is that is a lot, but that was a good number 10. Yeah. That was a good banger to leave on. But as far as, yeah, this is a list of, you know, things that you shouldn't do post-show. Are they going to happen? They could possibility. It's not like, you know, no one makes mistakes. We're human. There's human error, but, you know, kind of going by these guidelines is going to set you up for a more successful reverse. It's going to set you up better in the future for the next time that you prep. It's really going to make you feel better overall um, during this, this difficult time of reversing out of a show. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we should do a since we kind of did like what you shouldn't do, we should do a, well, what should you do? Just so that way people are like, oh, well, okay. So there are these 10 things I shouldn't do. Well, what are like a few things that maybe I should. So maybe that could be the po- podcast topic next week. Yeah. In person. That'd be so cool to record in person. I'm excited. I know it will be, it will be, but until the next, until the meantime, guys, peace. Adios.